This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. You've been standing. might be a good time for you to sit down. And then we just quickly look into the scripture for one or two things before we pray again. Hallelujah. 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 We started our series, I think, about three messages already we've had on the big topic, developing a winning response in times of crisis. Developing a winning response in times of crisis. And my plan is to introduce to this um, next point by making very quickly two statements of fact. And then I'll tell you exactly what the fourth point is in our study. The first true statement I want to make is that those who succeed do not necessarily know what others don't know. They only do what others don't do. Those who succeed do not necessarily know what others don't know. They only do what others don't do. You've heard of the saying before, if wishes were horses, beggars will rise, or will ride, rather. And of course, in James chapter 1, verse 22, he says, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. And so, it is imperative on us that before we go to the next point, as our me trying to introduce that next point on this uh, uh, preaching and teaching series, that we need to take in that aspect of fact. And there are a few things that go with knowing without doing. And I call one of those things on that knowing without doing the fallacy of knowledge without action. It is a trap. You know, uh, many a times, you know, people tell you, uh, let's, let's use ordinary things like say, oh, well, maybe you're not supposed to eat too much salt. Um, you need to watch the salt you eat or you need to drink more water. And someone is telling you, they say, well, you're not supposed to drink fizzy drink. And um, you know what, you know, we, the usual thing we say, we say, I know, but you still carry on doing it anyway. So it's <laughs> as if I know solves the problem. I pray that by today, we will receive the power to do. Uh, when I'm talking about this, don't look at it from the position of you are on your own to do. Remember, as I make all these points, remember constantly in your heart that it is God who works in us both to will and to do. So, I'm not pushing you to the end of just go and try it. And you will see as we go on. So plus, but remember that whatever we know, and we are gathering quite a few information right now, that the doing is as important. And I can do all things through Christ who does what, who strengthens me. So I want to carry you along so that you don't feel overburdened and troubled and say, oh, well, these things are difficult. Another thing I see with that first statement that I made is that there is a burden of knowledge. That knowledge can be a weight. I call it a burden of knowledge. 
And it comes with some degree of irritation. There are some things that people know, but because we have not been able to do them, we don't want to hear about them again so that we can do them. You've been there before. And Acts chapter 7, verses 54 to 57. Acts 7, 54 to 57. The story was told of the man, um, uh, what's his name now? Uh, Stephen, who was being stoned. And Stephen at that place, you know, was telling the children of uh, the, the people in Jerusalem on that day uh, how they've done wrong. He said, and when they had this thing, so he's been telling them the things that were wrong with them. Please, we keep that on. He said, when they had these things, they were cut to the heart. And they gnashed at him with their teeth. Verse 55. And then he went on to say, in verse 55, But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. That was, and, and said, Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Verse 57, then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord. When we have so much knowledge, but we've not been able to do what we are supposed to do, we feel irritated when we are told about that problem anymore or about that knowledge anymore. And so, I want us to deal with that today because over times we've been suggesting unto us, naturally not suggesting, telling us, not even asking us from the scriptures what we need to do. And I think we've come to a point in which we now need to go to the place of, of doing, not just knowing, of doing, not just knowing. And also, there's something about this issue of knowing without doing. I say it has enormous power. It has a numbing power and can even put people to sleep. I sometimes think, it has happened to me before, when I'm under a sermon and most of what is coming out unto me, I know them already. Sometimes you feel sleepy. You've been there before. And preachers don't feel offended by that. You know, people just, oh, I know that, I know that. And if you say first thing, second thing, third thing. And so, but the truth of the matter is that the pool of knowledge is not inexhaustible. Especially when it comes to the scripture, there's nothing under the heavens. We can only come from different angles to them and get them across to people. But if we hear the same knowledge over and over and we have not experienced them, it can have a learning. Learning means putting to sleep effect upon us. You will know where I'm going in a moment. And then you will follow with me. So remember our first true statement is what? That... Those that succeed better than I, let me put, up, put it in word, it's not that they know what I don't know. You know why they succeeded? They succeeded because they have been doing what I don't do. Amen. Then finally, there is, that's still on our point number one, or our first fact uh, statement of truth. Finally, there is the soothing effect of knowledge. You see, after a time, just that you know seems to soothe us. Let me go to my part number two, uh, fact number two very quickly. We've got quite a few things to cover and one or two things that I want to announce to you as well. Fact number two, listen. It is better and safer to know a little and do much than to know so much and do so little. I tell that again. It is better and safer to know a little and do much than to know so much and do so little. Of course, when you go to 
you know, Matthew chapter 11, verses um, 21 to 24. Jesus Christ, our Lord, was talking, that's Matthew 11, 21 to 24, was talking about Chorazin. He said, woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty was which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago and go into sackcloth and ashes. And then went on, but I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than you, simply because you are had more than Tyre and Sidon had, and greater, you know, um, greater responsibility has been put upon you. Moving away from that quickly, and the Lord repeated that about other places as well, including Sodom and Gomorrah, that there are people that will be judged harsher than them. But in Luke 12, 48... In Luke chapter 12, verse 48, he said, but he who did know, Luke 12, 48, but he who did know yet committed things deserving of strife shall be beaten with few for everyone to whom much is given from him, much will be required. We are at a stage, friends, brothers, and sisters, there's so much of information outside, there's so much of knowledge. But most of the time, those knowledge, they have kept us down rather than lift us up. And so I don't want to add more onto the knowledge. And everybody's craving for, give us more, give us more. But the truth of the matter is that the one that I have been given, not to talk about you now, how much of it have I used? And so God is moving us to a realm of doing through the help of the power of the Holy Spirit. So for all that we have talked about, about prayer, you remember? About safeguarding your heart, which are those steps that I say we need to take in developing a winning what response in times of crisis. We say prayer is important. Safeguarding your heart is important. Even fixing our minds on the fact that recovery is possible. But nothing will be profited if we do not act on them. So this next set of messages will therefore be on doing. And you cannot do without a strategy. Strategy is a world language. You know, from the old Greek or the old French, they say that strategy actually means the plan or trick to outwit an enemy. And you know we have any things that are contesting against us doing what God wants us to do. I mean, the apostle made it very clear. I will mention to you, that to you again later on in Galatians chapter 5 verse 17, but not now. So strategy is required for us to be able to do what we know we have to do. And so the title of our Point number four, under developing a winning response, will be develop a working strategy in a right culture. So you don't only pray, or we have not only talked about praying, we've not only talked about safeguarding, we've not talked only about recovery is possible, we also need to develop a working strategy in a right culture. Amen. And so, Plant, we only work when one is motivated. And I'm trusting God we shall receive motivation in these next few days. Amen. Oh, you are probably, let me quickly lay to rest. You are probably heard the saying that, oh, strategy, strategy, plan, plan, plan. Oh, you know, fairly popularized statement now that uh, strategy, uh, culture, we eat strategy for breakfast. We've heard of that before. Well, that is only true where you are introducing a strategy in a faulty culture. And so it's a chicken and egg thing. I I pondered a lot about that, but I don't want to complicate the message. But (laughs) the thing is that what comes first? Is it the culture or the strategy? After all, no culture will develop unless you have consistently and persistently do the right thing over a period of time. And you need a plan to do that. For instance, if you have a culture of loving others, 
You must have had a plan in your mind that anybody that I see, I will be nice unto them. Or if a person has got a culture of being nasty, and I know people like that, they practice it through the years. And the first person they see, they must make sure they live sorrowful from them. That is not you. Because we are called to love. And so the question is, which one comes first? I believe strategy persistently and consistently applied will on the long run become the culture. And so today, we will start with the force that we started before and we walk our way down again. How do I develop the culture of prayer? Amen. So that will be a subtitle under the bigger title. So that we will start taking other subtitles as we go on in this series. How do I develop the culture of prayer? Folks, prayer is about the most resistant thing in the life of a believer. And I don't really give so much thought on how big you are in the faith or how long you have been serving the Lord. In fact, it is one that you need to develop as a culture. Everything fights against prayer. You have been there with me. Oh, we had lovely discussions through the years. And even when we started this series about prayer, and we were all excited, including myself. But the question is, that how much of that have I and have you put into practice? To the extent that by the time we were taking the second topic, I believe the Lord sent a word unto us that ramp up your prayers. Ramp up your prayers. Remember, it's not by power, not by mind, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So be encouraged. Amen. Oh, don't, don't get that cast on me at all. Don't get oh, all down and out. We just need to make a decision today that we want to work and develop and, and come up with a strategy and a plan to make sure that we pray as God wants us to pray. So, I put it so that to make it easy for us to understand and to remember. I say, number one, under how to develop the culture of prayer, or because it's actually a strategy that we are talking about, which will lead us to the culture of prayer. Number one, come up with tricks, huh, tricks I said, yes, and wisdom to outwit the flesh. If you are flesh and blood like me, you will remember very clearly that the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is willing. You remember where Jesus Christ made mention of that statement? It was in prayer. You remember? They were in the garden of Gethsemane. It was not in, in no, no, it wasn't even in, you know, whether you get involved in some moral issue or whatever. It was in prayer. The Lord Jesus Christ mentioned it. Disciples were with him in the garden of Gethsemane, and they were just not ready to pray. Ah, the Lord said, truly your heart is willing. And I'm sure you are hearing that as well. Your spirit is willing to pray, but the flesh is weak. So, we need to fight the flesh. That's number one point. We will we, we pray. You know what, brothers, sisters, friends, this thing we only abate. Just not only this crisis, but any other crisis we only abate under the power of prayer. And so if I want to, if I wake you up every day and talk to you about prayer, we go to bed, talk about prayer, and we move into prayer, I think we've done justice to it. Every other thing will fall in place. I have no doubt in my mind. So how do you come up with tricks and wisdom to, out, uh, to outwit the flesh, that is to be wiser than the flesh. Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, if you have God's word or CEV, I probably read it from there for us. You know, either God's word or CEV. You know, the old King James Version made it in his own way. He says that, um, um, he said, for the flesh lost against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another. The flesh fights against the spirit and the spirit fights against the flesh, 
And both these, they fight against one another. So I read from God's word. It says, what your corrupt nature wants is contrary to what your spiritual nature wants. Christ's spiritual nature wants to pray. But the old flesh, this flesh and blood, does not want to pray. And what your spiritual nature wants is contrary to what your corrupt nature wants. The corrupt nature wants to sleep, wants to eat, wants to chat, wants to check from one, you know, up onto another, wants to play some games. But the spirit is saying, pray. But my flesh is saying, now, let's just come on, just another five minutes, just read another newspaper online, just flip to another channel. You know that Netflix film that you've been watching, you've not finished it. And so the flesh is screaming, come on. You know, you've been, you've prayed. Who is who praying the way you are praying? Don't worry yourself. Folks, there's work to be done. But thank God for the Holy Spirit. He will help us. He will help us. We are not alone. And so he said they are opposed to each other. As a result, you don't always do what you intend to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just leave that up. But I, you know, I read this in so many versions because I know it's so central to what we're, you know, what we're discussing today. It's so central to, to our topic of discussion today. Permit me to just drill a little bit uh, along that line. You said the spirit and your desires are enemies of each other. They are always fighting each other and keeping you from doing what you feel you should. Wow. What you feel you should. So how do I Come up with tricks and wisdom to outwit the flesh. Number one, know yourself. Amen. And don't be under pressure. Are you a morning person? Are you a night person? A morning person is a person that's very good at waking up very early and do things. I, I was, I think in 1999 that, you know, I was reading, you know, a book by, um, oh, this former pastor of um, Westminster church chapel in in london um lloyd jones you know um you know was a former physician himself and um i was so blessed by it and it set me free he said don't don't put yourself under pressure if you're a night person if you know that you can stay till 1 a.m or even to 3 a.m but you just cannot miss your five to seven or five to six sleep then do all you have to do late but if you know that you are a money person, that, look, by 11 p.m., it's as if your head is just spinning and you can't keep awake, sleep. But you know that you, by 5 in the morning, you are awake and your eyes are very clear. So schedule whatever you have to do according to the nature that God has given unto you. And there's nothing to be ashamed about. But don't ask me, what about if you are neither? <laughs> You are not a morning, you are not a night. Well, we need to say, Lord, have mercy. Hallelujah. But I believe we all fall to one or either of these categories. Amen. Number two, train yourself. That's how to come up with tricks and wisdom to outwit the flesh. Am I making sense there? So if you're a night person, please, I beg you, make sure that you do the business of your praying at night. If you're a money person, just do your business. There is no hard and fast rule about it. Fix it where it will work for you. In addition to that, you need to train yourself. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. Because we are getting into the realm of the practicalities now, into the realm of getting it done. It's good to, to, to encourage us to, to stir our hearts, get it done, get it done. But everywhere, you know, Pastor, I really want to, but this is not quite as easy. And I know it's not. 
because we are all just, you know, human. And we, 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 whatever I'm telling you is, I'm so much telling myself as well. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, he asked us to train. I said, whoever, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, 1 Corinthians 9, 27. Uh, let me just look for that. He said, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. I discipline my body. I don't know about you, um, you know, I, I, I used to tell people that, yeah, I, I, I need to study a lot before I pass. I, I wasn't one of those so-called a debt brain. E I, I think D E T I T I C. I debt that is photographic brain. I, I don't. I don't have. A, I, I studied a lot, and uh, so when people chuck things at me, do this, do that, I, I, I have to prepare a lot. That's the simple truth. I mean. I pray another life I will be that smart, but actually there are, there's nobody like that. I've shared the testimony with you before just to lighten the atmosphere a little bit. Uh, when we were in the medical school, there was a guy just one year ahead of us. This guy is incredible. He's incredible. I mean, if you have one distinction, you don't normally get distinctions in subjects in the university, you know, in, in the course that I did. Um, but this guy had nine distinctions. I mean, distinction, so you don't normally. I mean, he, he, one, one time this guy would normally answer five questions, he answered four questions, and answering four questions, he got 75%. <laughs> I mean, it's from another planet. But you know, the secret of this guy, I actually learned that he ended up in Cambridge and he's doing very well there. He was, they praised a the prize upon his head. You know, the success, he worked hard, he had no social life. What am I simply telling you? Everyone that will succeed must apply. Must work. There are no so. You know, I'm telling you that you know I don't have photographic brain, but I probably not have really come across anyone with such. You can remember things, but I don't know. But the truth of the matter is that training is required. Amen. And the Lord will help us. Number three point under come up with tricks and wisdom. That is, train yourself. Train yourself by. I mean, where I was before I you know digress a little bit was that when I was in school. We trained ourselves to the extent I didn't use the bucket of cold water, but I drank quite a lot of caffeine. You, you know what we're talking about. Just to keep our weight. And sometimes we need to go in the cold of the night and walk. Sometimes you take off your shirt. You just train yourself. You harden yourself. You say, this, I must finish this chapter tonight. There are no two ways about it. And you may come and say, well, exam is coming, and I've still got about five very important chapters that I've not read. That's no sleep in my eye. That is training oneself. And then we deny ourselves. Prayer requires more. Jesus Christ trained himself to wake up in the morning. He was neither night or early. Sometimes he walked late into the night. Not because he was supernatural. By, by, by his nature, he was human. But he trained himself. I pray God will train us. Amen? And we shall be whom he wants us to be in Jesus' name. I'm enrolling in that school of training by the Holy Spirit. That will train me. He will nudge me. He will tell me, son, don't go there. Don't pick that phone. Make that call. Don't say that. And that's, proud, that's training. Before I know it, I start fitting into his agenda. Team up with others. Team up with others. So I move on quickly to the next one so that we can start getting ready to uh, discuss other things and also to pray. Develop, number two point is develop plans and wisdom. That is, how do I grow the culture of prayer? Number one, come up with tricks to 
and wisdom to outweigh the flesh. Number two, develop plans and wisdom to outmaneuver the devil. Remember, strategy means what? Tricks to outwit the enemy. Hmm? And so, every military person, in actual fact, I, I learned that in Greek, the word stratagem actually means the general. So, strategy is a war plan. So, we are at war. And the war we are fighting might be just what we're seeing outside there, the issue of fear, the issue of uh, a virus, the issue of, um, of other things that are there, but primarily our fight is not against flesh and blood. You agree with me? Because we are seeing, fighting the unseen enemy, not in form of a contagion, but in form of powers and spirit. So, and devil is behind all that. So, number one, how to develop ways to outmaneuver the enemy. See beyond the illusions that he creates. Devil creates illusions. You've been praying, you've been believing God that things will change. And things don't seem to change. It's an illusion. Things are changing underground. So I come to tell us today, God is walking. He is not abrogated the throne. It might be in their personal life. I prayed for five years, ten years, whatever. God is walking. He will break through for you. Don't subscribe to the illusion. And many, they had such illusions before. In Mark chapter 5, verse 35 and 36. Mark chapter 5, 35 and 36. There was this person that was, that Jesus was going to his house to go and heal, you know, the, 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 the servant, I think, that was ill. While he was still speaking, that is why Jesus was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter, it was the daughter, this one is the daughter, not the servant. He said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? That was an illusion. And so the man, so Lord, you know, somebody is saying that while, while you are praying, another report came out where things are getting worse. That's an illusion. Why do I know it's an illusion? In verse 36. How do I know it's an illusion in verse 36? And soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the Lord of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Ignore what they have said. Just continue to believe in prayer. Continue to do what you are doing. So that is usually from the enemy. And believe you me, you might think this is just, this, you know, we tend to, that is real, yet it is real, but behind every reality, there's a power that is working. Of course, the whole of John chapter 11, you know the story. Lazarus did not get better, but it was an illusion. The real thing was that Lazarus rose up. It was an illusion. And, you know, uh, the, you know the, the, the sisters were saying, Lord, if you have been here, and don't worry about, Lord, if we have started praying earlier on, irrespective of the time we start praying, we start believing God, we start standing on the scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 14. No matter how, we, when we started, God is still hearing, and he will continue to hear. Pray against the devil. That's part of fighting your strategy against. Pray against the devil and his plan to kill your zeal for prayers. It's not only the flesh. He knows how to kill zeal for prayers. And finally, how do you develop your winning strategy in prayer? You remember, prayer was the first point. We're now back to developing, breaking that prayer down. Start now and never stop, no matter what. Amen. So, I mentioned that in passing. Please, please, don't stop. Amen. Start now. It's never, anytime you hear, oh, well, you know, it's too late. It's never too late. People have gone very far from God. God took them back. So that is the Lord we serve. And part of you never stopping is, may I please ask you, and listen very, very carefully to this. 
Because under this start now, I never stop no matter what. It's what I want you to do now. I want you to please pray all the time. Ah, pastor, pray all the time. Yes, pray all the time. Can I pray all the time? Absolutely, you can pray all the time. Do you know that since we started this service, and in between the time I was speaking, do you know I was praying? There are times in which I was saying, Lord, should I? I said, Lord, help me. I'm telling you some secret. I probably should have kept to myself. I pray under my breath. Sometimes when I pause, I'm talking to God. And so, sometimes when, you know, you're talking, you think, am I communicating? You know, so, it's a continual thing. Now, let's, let's leave that alone. Let's leave that alone. You can do it at work as well. It's useful. You're having a meeting with whoever, with your people, your peers, or people above, or people you're supervising. Just learn to just pray. that The same things and I can, I can come back to that later. I can, I've told you before how I got posted from one part of Nigeria to another, which led to my establish, being established as a believer. You know, I was in this project office of this top general in the army, and it was to decide my fate. And I was just standing there praying. And I could see my prayer being answered in the life of the man. But what about what we're going through now? Let's talk about what we're going through now. Now, every night, you hear people say things on the telly. Have you not heard them? Things like, this will get worse. Did you hear that? Things like, many people will die. Have you heard that? Things like, well, this is just the beginning. Have you heard that? When you heard that, what did you do? Ah, that's the trick. You pray. Right there and then, you don't need to rave. You just say, in the name of Jesus Christ, it will not get worse. Many people will not die. And you just, it doesn't take two minutes. Lord, your promise is that you deliver in the hour of trouble. Your promise is that, you know, it might look so dark, but light we can shine in the midst of the dark. After all, your word says that the light shines in darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. Stand immediately and pray. That's what I mean by pray all the time. When the figure comes, I don't be alarmed by them. Turn it into prayer. And there have been so many things that, we're, that we've been hearing. And I see if the Lord knew. I mean, I wrote, you know, I, you know, the Lord laid this on my heart. And actually, I noted it very strongly as what to, to share with you. And surprise, surprise. Well, not surprise. I w- was listening to the news yesterday with my wife. And um, I remember very clearly that, um, you know, they was, came with all these... <laughs> I can't call them fantastic. You know, all these big, big predictions or whatever. Yes, they might be, they're not even scientific, to be honest, because most of the models are not yet well formed. But let's assume they are scientific. Let's assume they were partly scientific. But God is greater than science. And so when they were saying that, she just started praying. I just left. I said, well, you've got one of my prayer, my, my preaching point already today. Started living. I said, start praying. I said, no, no. And they, you know, we, we stood in, in the name of Jesus. That thank you for all you are doing, but that is not going to be. Is somebody on the same page with me? Can you imagine if all of us in other places, I don't have animosity towards people that are saying it. Don't have hatred. They are talking from what they know. But you know more because in Christ Jesus is in him all things consist. I think I've made that point very clearly. And the Lord will help us. Amen? Okay, so schedule time for prayer. That's how to start praying now, which is point number three. I never stop no matter what. Schedule time for individual prayer. Schedule time for collective prayer. So I conclude by saying prayer is a decision and it is a habit. Amen? I pray you will catch that addiction. <laughs> oh, it's one addiction I don't want to. And people that are actually addicted to prayer, they do have withdrawal syndrome. They do. 
I know of people before, you know, if they are not praying, they, they, start, they, they get very fidgety. They, their days are not good. And they remember, ah, my prayer life has suffered. Once they go back to their prayer life, they are joyful again. So there's withdrawal syndrome. If you are properly addicted to prayer, Lord, make all of us catch this addiction. <laughs> it's a good addiction. Amen. You know, those of you that you work with people that have addi- addiction, you know how hard it is to break. And prayer addiction is hard to get, but also hard to break. Believe you me, it's hard to break. Those are people, sometimes they have been so addicted that they can come across as antisocial. You know, uh, some of them, I, you know, they, you, you, they can, they can. Uh, with wisdom, I will share this one. I, you know, sometimes, you know, I see some of these men of God, you know, quite up there, generals in the kingdom that one has privilege of getting close to. You know, when you have a few conversations with them, either they start getting fidgety or asking you to allow, sometimes when they are close to you, they just say, oh, your boys can get, I have to go, go. I you know, they just want that time for prayer again. And I think, when you, and that's addiction, it's, I want my fix of prayer, amen. And when we pray, God answers. Can I have a big amen to that? And so, we are planning to get into that situation and we pray we become our culture, amen. And that will be a major spinner. Oh, and in this group of people in this congregation, wherever we gather in small or big groups, we will be seeing incredible miracles and signs taking place. Amen. This will be a major spinner for us. Children will be praying for the sick. They will be recovering. Every pending situation. I miss. So this opportunity God is giving all of us. Children, I want to bless you more. But there is a condition. That condition is that the heaven of the heaven is yours. And the earth you are giving to the sons of men. We control the earth. And I hope I will talk about that a little bit on Wednesday. How you can move into the realm of intercession. Who rules here? Why do we need to pray? You can ask me. If God is so good, why bother? No, 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 no. That's the way he has fashioned it. He said, whatever you decree here, we are in charge. The heaven of heaven is yours, oh God. But the earth you give to the sons of men. And even the earth, when Satan was telling Jesus that don't you know that I have the earth, Jesus did not deny, deny it. Because man gave the earth to Satan in the Garden of Eden. And he fought in another garden to get man, to get the second Adam from getting the one back and giving it to us, the believer again. Did you follow my, my, my trend there? That it was in the garden that Adam handed over the title deed as it were of the earth that God has given us as human beings. After all, he told him in verse 28, have dominion. He handed it over to Satan. And Satan has been the God of this world. Until Jesus Christ came and took it from him. God didn't take it from him. He took another man to take the control of the earth. And we are the offspring of that man. We better take control of this earth. And don't let anybody tell you, oh, if God is good, well, God has done his part. And nothing, what is, what is sweeter than being a king? Didn't be a ruler. We are rulers, yeah? And so you, we start this, we begin to decree and declare. And speak boldly because we are ruling here on behalf of God. We are the managers of the earth. Hallelujah. And so by the special grace of God, before we pray, I want to share a little bit of a plan ahead of us with you. And if you know me for a little while, you know... I'm a little very reticent in making decisions like that. It took me some time. Uh, Lord, what do we do? Uh, some of you have heard me say that we will come up with something. And it was when I went, you know, for a walk that the Lord revealed, I believe, quickened this thought in my heart, what we need to do. And uh, he put it all together along this line of strategy. Our strategy will be to fire one another up and become a praying people, not just for this crisis, but beyond. 
So by the grace of God, for the next seven days, just to kickstart, that is, those that have not started, and to boost our prayer efforts, I plan to ask us to please join me 10 a.m. daily online, and then that will be for 15 minutes. And now the question is, why 10 a.m.? I don't know. I want to do seven. I believe the Spirit of the Lord said no. But maybe on hindsight, at least hopefully, except if you're at work, hopefully you can step away. You finish your team meeting. You can quickly step away and join us for 15 minutes. Uh, so seven probably will have excluded the, is that the night people? Yeah, those that love their money sleep or whatever, or night will have excluded. So I said, Lord, well, that's your wisdom. He just told me 10. So if that has to change, it changes. So we will call that net pray. Uh, I've had a pray net before, so I said, Lord, what do we call this one? Not that the name matters, but work with that. That's network prayer. So net pray, and that is like, like also like net pay or let pray. So whatever you want to, to make it rhyme. So N-E-T pray, net pray. And that will be for seven days to start with. If the Lord allows us, we continue. And so it's going to be like a prayer challenge for us. And when if you turn up for the first one tomorrow morning by God's grace, you will know how it will go. We keep it strictly to seven or 15 minutes, rather. I will pray with you, um, and then I will also pray for you. Uh, pray for me so that God's will will be done. I also want us to take a prayer challenge. Not for everybody, but if you can take it, that would be wonderful. Um, so that prayer challenge is that you please look for 10 minutes a day uh, to pray. Um, so if you are saying, ah, pastor, 10 minutes, where are you starting from? I know. You are in the advanced class. It's okay. Uh, but remember those that are in beginner's class. And it's not a sin to be in beginner's class. You started somewhere too. And so my friends, my folks, beginners, I welcome you. Please, let's start together. 10 minutes. I was trying to learn another British language soon. And I've been trying to do a 15-minute study. Hopefully, I'll start speaking that language soon. Um, and it's, I, I've not got the discipline yet. God will help me. So please put in that discipline because this is more important than my own plan. So 10 minutes a day, look for 10 minutes, apart from the 15 minutes that we'll be together. And then, this is it. This is the challenge. You increase that by 10 minutes every day. So that at the end of seven days, you will be doing 70 minutes. Just try it. Is that okay? Let's just try it. What do I say? I will send out prayer points for you to start with. Is that okay? And then we will grow this culture. Um, but above all, my, for instance, looking like tomorrow, I will pray a lot about God helping us to pray. And as we do that, I'm sure God's will and God's plan will be fulfilled in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. I told you we've got quite a lot to do, uh, but that's me. We will pray now. Amen. And then from there, we do one or two other things as we normally do on Thanksgiving Sunday. And I trust that God's blessing will remain upon you and I in Jesus' name. Okay. Remember, it's not so much of knowledge. It's so much about putting that knowledge into practice. So we had our prayer. Shall we put it into practice right now? I want you to just pray. And ask the Father to please fill your heart with faith and strengthen us from inside so that we may be able to trust you fully as we pray. Amen? Uh, hopefully, as we go on, we can talk about practical things, but please, brethren, first thing first, uh, that Lord, fill my heart with faith 
He said, unto every man has been given a measure of faith. And strengthen me from inside. Strengthen us from inside. You know, I never pretended that I'm telling you, go and go and, go and do it, go and do it. No, I know it, it's not going to work. <laughs> it's going to work. You want to. Remember, the flesh is fighting against the spirit. He said, but Jesus Christ said, watch and pray. So the answer to prayerlessness is to pray. He said, watch and pray that you fall not into temptation. So ask the Lord to fill your heart with faith and strengthen you. Strengthen me, Lord. Raise me to the next level. Everything the enemy has thrown and is throwing at me to divert and dissuade and, 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 and bring into you know, a place of, of, of weakness my prayer life. Lord, take it away today. Also begin to pray. Teach my hands to work and do the right things, oh God. Hand to work simply means, you know, prayer is seen like a work. And so, and it it's also can be fun. It should be fun. But let's just take it that it is something we have to do. Teach my hand to God. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen and amen. Lord, we cry out to you. You are the giver of all good things. And we know that whatsoever you do abides forever. He said, whatsoever the Lord doeth, he said, it shall stand forever. Lord, this new plan and strategy that will create a culture of prayer and an addiction, a good one, into prayer. We know the power and the strength can only come from you. Lord, help us. We are your children. The same disciples that were sleeping in the garden of Gethsemane, they were the ones that gathered with so many others in the upper room and they were praying continually. They were the ones that you used because your power came on them. Lord, let your power come on the church. Begin with this collection of people, with this congregation of people. Listening to me now, that will listen to me later. Let the spirit of prayer rest on us. Kickstart us, boost us, oh God. And lead us to pray the right prayers. Give us the key, oh God, that doors will be open. Give us the authority, oh God. Or help us to use the authority you've given us already. So that situation and circumstances may turn around. Prayer is the simplest thing that the lips of little children can also do. Yes, it's the loftiest of things that great generals of faith have to wrestle inside. Oh Lord, wherever or whatever end we are starting from, may we pray unto success during this season. Encourage us with answers. We dedicate ourselves to the place of prayer. We yield ourselves totally, spirit, soul, and body. That when we call, when we decree, when we declare, things will happen. And God will be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. To you be the glory, to you be the honor. In Jesus' marvelous name we have prayed. Amen. 
Hallelujah. All right, I will pray for the gift you or the offering you bring unto the Lord. You know, this is the time to give. I will pray um, for you, especially today. Uh, today is also Thanksgiving Sunday. Um, so the usual guide we give us, if you've been watching with us before, there's a red donate button on the live stream. If you're watching from our webpage, and there's a blue donate button if you are watching from on Facebook. And the account details will be put on the screen, on your screen. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.